to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm Sarah Rupel, and this is our weekly list of five things you should know about. This week, we head to the Supreme Court for number one. President Biden has made his official nomination to replace Justice Stephen G. Breyer. Biden officially nominated Katanji Brown-Jackson, keeping true to his promise that he would nominate a black woman to the position. Jackson has been serving on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, a job she was also appointed to by President Biden. After graduating from Harvard College and Harvard Law School, Jackson clerked for Justice Breyer, something Biden noted in his nomination, stating, quote, Not only did she learn about being a judge from Justice Breyer himself, she saw the great rigor through which Stephen Breyer approached his work, end quote. No word yet on when the vote to confirm Jackson might take place. As of Friday last week, Democrats were hoping for April 8th, before their two-week recess. However, that plan and schedule could change depending on the war in Ukraine. Number two, also coming from the president this week, the State of the Union on Tuesday, March 1st. In that address, President Biden gave a brief outline of a larger mental health initiative. He also issued a press release that went into that plan to address the national mental health crisis in more detail. First, the report acknowledged recent statistics that two out of five adults are dealing with symptoms of anxiety or depression. Black and brown communities are disproportionately under-treated. And our children are facing these issues as well, in addition to falling behind in math and reading. And then there's social media and its detrimental effects on America's youth. Biden asked Congress to keep pushing on privacy, stop companies from targeting kids with advertising, and to put an end to personal data collection on children. Congress has already shown some interest in a few of these areas, so that will certainly be one to watch. Biden also asked that at least $5 million of the 2023 fiscal budget be earmarked for research on the effects of social media and interventions that can be made concerning those findings. The press release was also used to announce the nationwide 988 crisis hotline that will go live this July. Biden announced plans to make investments in improving behavioral health services, from providing additional funding to increase the number of providers to appealing to health plans for a change in the way they cover services. We will definitely be keeping an eye on these proposals, especially that 988 crisis line, which, to be honest, our country has needed for a long time as an alternative to traditional emergency response solutions. We will have the link to the official press release as well as some articles about the Biden administration's mental health initiative and the 988 crisis line in our notes. Number three, the Centers for Disease Control announced an update on their COVID-19 guidance last week. There's a new system for calculating COVID-19 risk. 
as time has gone by and we've learned more about the coronavirus, the data that is reported and used to make decisions has also evolved and naturally changed. We moved from very granular data about daily case counts and death counts being reported early in the pandemic to the community transmission rate, which up until last week was the way that CDC determined their guidelines. That assessment took a look at COVID-19 from a county level, looking at cases reported over the course of the past seven days per 100,000 residents, as well as percent positivity. Moving forward, the CDC is categorizing risk using a new method called the COVID-19 community level. This data takes into account the number of hospital beds being used, hospital admissions, and the total number of new COVID-19 cases in each county. There are three categories, low, medium, and high, each with increasing preventive measures. According to the CDC, counties with a low COVID-19 community level should stay up to date with COVID-19 vaccines and residents should get tested if they have symptoms. For the medium COVID-19 community level, individuals at high risk for severe illness should speak with their doctors about wearing a mask and taking other precautions. Residents should stay up to date with COVID-19 vaccines and get tested if they have symptoms. And then there's the high COVID-19 community level. The CDC recommends residents in these counties wear a mask indoors in public. They should stay up to date with COVID-19 vaccines and get tested if they have symptoms. Additional precautions may be needed to those at high risk for severe illness when the COVID-19 community level is high. We will be linking to the CDC site where you can check on the status of your county and surrounding areas. With the announcement of this new measurement system, many areas have lifted their mask mandates. We recommend checking the areas where you do business just to make sure you know what's going on in each of those counties and certainly share this information with your clients as well. Number four. On Monday this week, the class action EpiPen lawsuit got one step closer to completion. Viatris, the company formerly known as Mylon, said they would agree to pay $264 million to settle the suit and would admit to no wrongdoing in the case. The agreement is pending approval, and this all stems back to the 2016 price increase of the medications to $608 for two EpiPens. Prior to that increase, the cost was $100 for two EpiPens. Currently, the average price for two brand name EpiPens is $690. There are generics available, one of which is an authorized generic made by Mylon itself that sells wholesale for about half the cost. The class action lawsuit originally named both Pfizer and Mylon as defendants. Pfizer settled for $345 million last year and also denied any wrongdoing. Number five, hackers are all over the news these days, 
cybersecurity is a serious industry. It is a big business keeping online data safe, especially when that data includes access to real-life resources. We use passwords to protect those resources, but if you're using passwords like QWERTY, default, I love you, or password, well, you're a sitting duck, according to the latest list of the top 20 commonly broken passwords. I love you, no spaces, came in at number 19, which might say a lot about our society as a whole. Default was number 13. Password came in at number 4. And QWERTY was number 3. We will be linking to the full list in our notes, so check that out and feel free to share this on your social accounts. You could even add this to your client newsletter. There are some great tips in the article about keeping your passwords safe and plenty of free resources like LastPass and others that can help with generating and storing secure passwords. And that brings us to... Rupel recommends. I mentioned last week that we would be shifting streaming picks to this week, and there are so many good things coming this month, but we do get a bit of a late start with my picks, at least. They only begin on March 9th. We'll start out on Netflix with The Andy Warhol Diaries, which is a limited series on Netflix. So not as many episodes as a full television series, but not a one-and-done movie either. That drops on Wednesday, March 9th. The next day, Thursday, March 10th, Season 2 of Karma's World on Netflix. My daughter is a huge fan of this show. Karma is a 10-year-old girl with a gift for rhyming and rapping, She's got big dreams, but she's down-to-earth at the same time, and the show has so much realism and heart to it. It inspired my daughter to start writing her own poetry after watching it, which I just love. Very happy that Karma is back for a second season. Let's move over to Disney+. Plus. On March 11th, we get the next Disney Pixar animated film, Turning Red, and a documentary about it, Embracing the Panda, Making Turning Red. Turning Red takes us to Toronto, where 13-year-old May Lee is navigating adolescence and the traditions of her Chinese culture. That in itself would make for a compelling story. But add to it the fact that when May Lee gets excited or stressed, as adolescent girls do, she turns into a giant red panda, hence turning red. I am a big Disney Pixar fan, so I'm excited to watch this one, and also pretty excited about the making of documentary that goes with it. I love that Disney takes the time to do so many of these behind-the-scenes looks at their process. I find them fascinating, very much so looking forward to that. On Wednesday, March 16th, this would be my daughter's pick, season three of Big City Greens. She is obsessed with the show. It follows the Green family. They have moved to their grandma's small farm set in a big city, and of course, all sorts of hilarious antics ensue. I don't even know how I would describe it, so we will just leave it at that. Next up is our editor Tina's pick. 
at the end of February, all of the Netflix Marvel shows left the streaming service. That announcement led many to wonder what would happen to those titles. Well, as of March 16th, they will be available for streaming on Disney+. That means that Daredevil, The Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be available for watching on Disney Plus on Wednesday, March 16th. And then later in the month, on March 30th, Moon Knight debuts. So lots of action for Marvel fans this month on Disney Plus. But that's not all. I have one more highlight. On Friday, March 18th, Cheaper by the Dozen is being rebooted with Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff as the widowed parents who meet, fall in love, marry, and then blend their kids together to form the large family of what looks to be like 12 total, not including the two dogs on the cover art. Previous adaptations have had 12 children in addition to the two parents, so we will have to see on that one. Next up, on March 25th, Lucas the Spider makes his debut on HBO Max. And if you haven't heard of or watched any of the Lucas the Spider original series, we will have the link to his YouTube channel in our notes. He's an adorable spider cartoon, and for the HBO Max take, he'll be joined by a few friends in his adventures. Last but not least, at the very end of the month, Thursday, March 31st, another reboot, The Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Otter, on Paramount+. Plus. Like it or not, you cannot say reboots are not having a moment, and I loved the original Fairly Odd Parents show. This time around, though, Timmy is all grown up, and he has gifted his fairy godparents, Wanda and Cosmo, to his cousin. Rather than being completely animated like the original, though, the reboot is live-action and animated. I've seen the trailers, and it looks like Wanda and Cosmo are animated, while the main characters are live-action, kind of like how Lizzie McGuire used animated Lizzie to show us what Lizzie was thinking. Like I said, so many good titles coming to streaming, and really, this is just a few. You will find the link to the full list in our notes, as well as all the other articles we mentioned here today. That does bring us to the end of our show. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao.